So today I am not going to be speaking directly to you. I am going to play a podcast interview. I was just interviewed on Woman Over 50, A Life Redesigned. Shelly Dryman is the host of Woman Over 50, A Life Redesigned, and she interviewed me. And it dropped today. And I'm going to play that for you. So let's get started. Well, I am super excited to have the glamorous D as a guest on our podcast this week. And um, before uh, D gets started telling her story, which is extraordinary, by the way, uh, what a transformation you've had. I'm super excited to hear it. But we have something in common. We both jumped out of an airplane. Yes. And yes, yes, yes. And live to tell about it. Live to tell about it. <laughs> uh, I didn't know that I was going to because it really triggered my vertigo. But uh, uh, So, uh, Dee, you gave yourself a gift of jumping from a plane when you were 60. That was my 60th birthday present. Yeah. I had always wanted to do it with my husband, but unfortunately, you know, he, I was 53 when he passed, he was 56. Mm. So, um, uh, at, at 60, around 59, I started coming out of, you know, um, from 53 to 59, I was self isolating and living in sweatpants and not caring about makeup or hair or going out or doing anything. And I was also a caregiver now, starting um, the journey of caregiver to both my elderly parents. Oh. And that takes you down another, you know, and it's not that you don't want to be there for them, but it's draining and it's exhausting and it's depressing. And, you know, that's a, that's a whole nother story. But around 59, 60 is when I, started saying this can't be the rest of my life i won't let this be the rest of my life you know i have always had a young fun spirit and i just didn't want to you know and, and my mother being in senior living now i saw the way she was living i saw the sadness in her eyes mm. and my mother was always the vibrant happy you know and um now she's a widow and I see all the other women sitting there in, in senior living and I could see the sadness, you know, knowing that their life was over, that they should have danced more dances and not cared so much about what other people think in society's, you know, rules and, and expectations and things. And I said, now, you know, I, I have to do something about this. I have to get out of this slump. I have to get out of this frumpy dumpy, you know, mindset. And, uh, I had always wanted to do the, the skydiving. You know, I like motorcycles and mm -hmm. roller coaster rides. And, oh, you yeah. know, I'm, I'm also, I, I'm one of those people that can't do things by themselves. I always did them with my husband, you know? And um, so I, I said, I'm gonna do it because I know that it's a life altering experience. I've yeah. heard other people say, you know, what's the scariest thing in the world you can do? It's either jumping out of an airplane or public speaking. Some people think that's scarier. I think it actually is. Public speaking is scarier. Uh, but I said to myself, because if I do it, when I do it, once I do it and I live through it, then anything else will be a piece of cake because I'll have that as an anchor. 
oh my God, you can get on Instagram live for 30 minutes and talk, you know, you jumped out of an airplane. So, so the funny thing is, is that, though, is they'll cancel if the weather isn't perfect. Yeah. And there yeah. were seven cancellations. Yeah. Yeah. So by the time I had wanted to do it on a specific day because it was a full moon and it was a spiritual thing and, you know, and it was canceled and then it got canceled for the next six months. I tried seven times and the end of the season is the end of October that that year that I did it the end of the season. I think it's April to October. I did it the, on the third to the last day that they were closing the season. Yeah. And so by the time I did it, the, the fear was gone. I was just like, come on, can we just get this over with already? <laughs> it's like, I'm not canceling again. I'm not. So, yeah. And it wasn't as scary as you, you think that it would be. Exactly. And, you know, I love having this conversation with you because I, too, did a tandem dive when I was 51 and they canceled several times, which I appreciate their safety. But I tell people that, I mean, you know, um, Actually, I think tandem diving is pretty tandem diving is pretty safe. Otherwise, there would not be all these tandem dive things in the world. You know, right. if people were dying on the regular from it. But it's true when you do something like that. Um, then you know, like putting together a podcast is like, man, what you know, whatever, it's no big deal. So I love that we have that in common because whenever I tell people I jump down the plane, they're like, what the hell? I know. I can't. You know, they <laughs> at the end when thing. you're. Yeah, at the end when you're leaving, they give you tickets. I got four tickets to get like um, uh, like 75% off for, for you and three other people. And I still have the tickets like nobody wants. <laughs> well, I, I don't know where you live, but I'm heading your way. So we'll we'll do it together. Um, yeah, I showed my, uh, my granddaughter, who was probably about seven at the time, the video. And my grandkids called me Anja, and she looked at the video, and she looked at me, and she looked at the video, and she said, Anja, don't you ever do that again. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> so, yeah, I love how, how you frame that. It's just not jumping out of an airplane. And, you know, you decided to do it because uh, you just had these things in your life that was dragging you down. Yeah, I think you have to push yourself to do yeah. scary things. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. And, uh, and you also have to give yourself... So at 60, that was my 60th birthday gift. I realize now I'm alone in the world. I don't have my husband. So do, what does that mean? That means I'm not going to get the have the experience of jumping out of an airplane. I have to push myself. Now, there are things that I know that I'll probably never be able to do, like I couldn't travel by myself. I have an older sister. She used to work for British Air. She's traveled all around the world by herself, sitting in restaurants by herself. Like, I couldn't do that. But, um, and then she probably would never jump out of an airplane. Well, see, that's the but, so then for my 60, yeah. yeah you just, I mean, we, we don't have to do, you don't, you don't have to jump out of a plane, listeners. You don't have to, but you can find something. You find your own, exactly. A little scary. Stepping out of your comfort you level. Of, exactly, right. exactly. Pushing and at 61, I gave myself the gift of a glam shoot because I had written my book and I was a new author and now that was going to be my gift to myself for my 61st birthday and writing the book. And I've had many glam shoots before because as a makeup artist, you know, you know, different photographers and they kind of gift you, a, you know, but this was full blown, several different outfits, full day of glam. I always have always highly recommended this for women, mm -hmm. no matter what your age to at least once in your lifetime experience the day of being pampered 
and seeing yourself outside of your pajamas and your sweatpants, you know, yeah. seeing yourself as a glamorous movie star. Why can't we do have the same red carpet experiences, you know? So, and then at 62, obviously we're in COVID. Last year um, in 2020, I turned 62, but we're in, we were in COVID. And, but I get, did give myself when things opened up a little bit, a helicopter, a doors off helicopter ride. Oh, see, Shelley, that would scare the That, that was worse. No, that, that was worse. I have to tell you, it was doors off because I'm like, what can I do that's scarier than jumping out of an airplane? Oh. I know an over New York City helicopter ride, they give you the option doors on or doors off, but I wanted to make it really challenging. Dear doors off. So it's myself and these two, another couple, they're like in their 20s and they're like hanging out of the, they're like hanging out, their legs are hanging out, they're laughing. From the time that thing took off, and tilted this way because there's no door. I was like holding, I was like just, oh my God. It was a 30 minute trip that lasted for three hours. I was like, get me off the sink. Get the, like, I couldn't even look down. I was like. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm just but, like, I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy here. I'm but I lived, I lived through it. <laughs> I would not do that. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. You don't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. So, well, good for you though. For and, and I think you know, getting out of your comfort zone is so is so important. But you sound like you have just hit your stride after you turned fifty, which is you know my listeners are after fifty. But you've written a book, <clears throat> excuse me. But you also uh, have had some uh, adversity that you've dealt with before then. If you'd like to talk about that and then this transformation that you that led to this transformation in your life? So, okay, so I'll give you like the two minute quick version yeah, yeah. of, um, as a little girl, I was very shy, very, very shy. I am an Aries, I am supposed to be a, a natural born leader. I've come into my own, you know, later in life as most women do, but I was very shy, I was insecure. My father was a good father as far as being a provider, but he was never home. Yeah, He saw his role as working, and providing and he was emotionally absent so i bonded very closely with my mom and my mother loved old hollywood she loved all the old hollywood movies so from around seven eight years old i sat and i bonded uh, with her over these these movies and i fell in love with them so i say i was raised on old hollywood and i saw the beautiful glamorous starlets and you know i've particularly resonated with the bombshell I loved the bombshells of the 50s and the 60s because these women had the attention of every man. They, they made heads turn. They were confident. They, they were confident in their femininity. And the bombshell, I, I always say, is the most unapologetic in her sensuality and her sexuality. She owns her femaleness. And so I grew up knowing that I was going to get into beauty somehow. And I did after high school, got my cosmetician's license, worked for Estee Lauder and Lancome for, for several years, freelancing in the New York City department stores. And then I got burnt out and I answered an ad and it was working for um, Ronald Perlman. The, well, he's a billionaire now, but he was only a millionaire. I was his front receptionist. And I met my future husband there, fell madly in love, moved from Queens to New Jersey, and then I found out, <clears throat> excuse me, then I found out that he had a cocaine problem. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but I was smitten, I was in love. I took my, my connection with my mother because I had to connect with some human being. And I took it from my mother at 26. I left my parents' house and I moved in with him. 
-hmm. And now I was so connected to him. I was so bonded with him. You realize later in life, it's the childhood trauma, you know, the wounds that we carry. But whatever it was, I was so emotionally connected to him. And I thought, oh my God, God put me here on this earth to save him. I'm gonna love him through this. You know, love will save him, blah, 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 blah. And when you can't save and you can't leave, you join because I'd rather him do the drugs with me rather than leave me at home by myself, you know, you know, so that's started a 20 year journey from 26 to about 46 um, of snorting and freebasing cocaine. We were functional, you know, I mean, we weren't living in our car and eating out of, you know, dumpsters. We were functional. We got up in the morning, went and did our, you know, we went to work and all that, but it was a dysfunctional uh, life. And I realized when I was turning 45, you know, 46, I started, I was having panic attacks and I felt like a caged animal, you know, just like pacing and um, I felt claustrophobic. I I just knew that this can't be the rest of my life. I I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I I remember that around four o'clock in the morning, I would watch an infomercial that would come on. And it was an infomercial by Alexis Vogel, who is Pamela, was Pamela Anderson's makeup artist. She passed, I think, two or three years ago. But she was responsible in the 80s for doing all the Playboy Club, the models, you know, the, the centerfolds and giving that sexy, sultry, tousled hair, smoky eye. And she turned Pamela Anderson from the, the Baywatch babe into blonde bombshell. And so she had her own makeup line out and she was in this infomercial giving regular women, mm-hmm. not actresses or models, regular women like you and me, before and afters, and turning them into these bombshells. And they'd give them the mirror and they'd be like, oh my God, I've never seen myself that way. Like tears would come to their eyes. They never saw themselves as a woman. They were mom, they were wife, they were boss. They were, they were never a woman. And I said, that's what I want to do if I could ever get out of this dark place. That's what I want to do, you know? Um, I had always had this passion for beauty and makeup and glamour or whatever. It was like, this is what I want to do. So long story short, I called my father up one day having like just, I had lost it. I was crying and I was like, daddy, I don't know what to do. Now, normally I was closer with my mom. But my mother is the emotional one. She'd be like, I told you not to marry you, right? You're right, right? (laughs) So, but my father was always the calm, rational one. Yeah. And he said, Didi, just calm down, take a breath. Because I was like, I don't know what to do. Should I find a job first or move? And what if I find, like, we can do, when it's happening to somebody else, you could say, Shelly, take a breath. Like, uh, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. you could help another woman. When it's happening to you, you can't see like more than five yeah you know inches yeah. in front of your face exactly and he was like calm down just tomorrow you'll get a newspaper and you'll look through the newspaper you'll look at jobs you'll look at that's and that's what i did baby steps mm-hmm. i picked myself i found an apartment was five blocks away because i had to take baby steps i couldn't completely leave him because i still right. loved him yeah i just had to get out of the dysfunction and save myself at this point now we women in our 40s and our 50s we realize we have to save ourselves and so I got an apartment and I took my little savings and I started a business and I was pretty, I started pretty much in bridal. I was in bridal for 16 years. And then now, you know, now that I turned 60, 
you know, I'm, I turn, I'm turning 63, but around the, the age of 60, I realized, you know what? There are older women that need help too. <laughs> and I found my way out. So I want to help other women find their way out also. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. What, what an inspiration. Seriously. Um, I've never known anyone who's, who's done cocaine, but you've always just seen like the photos of, uh, you know, strung out people on the streets and stuff. But uh, kudos to you. That really had to be a difficult situation to get out of. I sort of understand I was married to, a, I was in a relationship with a narcissist for 10 years and had to finally distance myself. But when you are so uh, co-joined or codependent on that other person, mm -hmm. it's super hard to, if, even if you physically break, it's the mental and emotional part is so, so hard to do. So kudos to you for doing that. Um, I've always been sort of a tomboyish, you know, like we talked about earlier here, you're all pretty and, and red and I'm, you know, I'm in a t-shirt. So it sort of has, has become my thing. How important, um, how important is that we, we show our feminine side in terms of, uh, and not just to make us feel good, but does that help? Uh, let me, let me see if I can frame this question in the way that I, that I want to ask it. Um, how important is it for us as women to function you know, after 50 to really get in touch with that feminine, uh, pretty, you know, could be glamorous for a moment side of ourselves, if that makes sense. How important is that to, for us to do? Yeah. I, um, first of all, I want to say that, look, we as women, we have all different personalities and different versions. My version of glamour or beauty or femininity is my version mm -hmm. of it. You know, and I, I always like to reference old Hollywood. There are women that, that gravitate toward, towards the Catherine Hepburns yeah. and the Audrey Hepburns, two completely different right. females, right? Yeah. And then Audrey Hepburn is completely different from Marilyn Monroe. Again, two different c completely. So I love the Grace Kellys and Audrey Hepburn, but I gravitate towards the, the, the bombshells, you know? And so <clears throat> femininity and glamor and beauty and all that is different for every woman. Nobody's right, nobody's wrong, you know? I had a sister who was a, a tomboy and she kind of grew up, uh, uh, I grew up with her kind of picking on me because I was the girly girl. Mm -hmm. And if I was 16 years old and I had red nail polish or wearing red lipsticks, you know, it's older sisters or just siblings in general could be really mean. You know, she'd call me a tram. Like, well, what would they do? Like, look at you, you're right, right? But yeah. I believe that a lot of times we have a wounded feminine. Something happened to us. Society is not, you know, has not been, uh, it has not been easy for us to be females in this world since the beginning of time. You know, we've been burned at the, the stake for our feminine ways and our beauty. We, we bewitched men, so they burned us at the stake. And, you know, like it goes way back, the trauma, way back. And it goes through every generation. So some women have a wounded uh, feminine and some women just have less like they don't care uh, i'm completely happy in my sweatshirt and that's fine too i always want to say that i'm talking to the woman who secretly wishes there's a part of her that she knows that she sees marilyn monroe she sees j-lo she sees other women and she wishes 
some version of that for herself. But for whatever reason, she, 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 you know, um, what's the word, um, keeps it down. And so I say that I think there's a bombshell in all of us. If we want to unleash her, we can to different degrees, we can unleash that bombshell. And I believe that it's important because for, to me, being female, there's a part, there's many layers, you know, men are very simple. They're just very simple. They're not complex like women are. And we have different parts of us. Mm-hmm. We're mothers, mm-hmm. we're spouses, we're bosses. But I think that we're also women and mm-hmm. we're, we're suppressing, that's the word that is, we're suppressing that woman part of us, that part that wants to be admired and turn heads when we walk into a room and have women say, oh, wow, look at her. And have men say, oh, wow, look at her. You know, respectful uh, uh, attention. Right, right, right. Not the creepy. We're not trying to attract the creepy men of the world. We know there's creepy men, inappropriate men. But just to get um, respectful glances, who doesn't want to be told they look nice? They look pretty. Your hair looks very nice today. That dress looks very nice on you. And we're not doing that. And it's fun sometimes to step out of our sweat clothes and have us and see ourselves where we're showing our curves. And again, and I'll let you speak in a minute. I know I get to go on and on. No, no, no. You're, I use you're the, the term. <laughs> I use the term bombshell because, and it's not that I'm trying to send women back to the 50s. It's a 50s term. But well, actually, it was a term in the 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, but it really took off because of Marilyn Monroe and Jane Mansfield and those 50 bombshells. And there's that stigma when women hear that word, if they really don't know what a bombshell is, they hear the word and they think dumb, blonde bombshell. Yeah. Lots of cleavage, big busted, you know, gold digger after men's money, that type of a thing. The word bombshell, if you look it up in the dictionary, just means very attractive female. That's all it is. And you can be a bombshell at any age. You know, you could be a brunette bombshell. Elizabeth Taylor was a bombshell. Sophia Loren was a bombshell. These were not dumb, dumb brunettes, you know, I mean, dumb, dumb bombshells. So it's not the size of your breasts. It's not how much skin you expose. It's an attitude. It's a confidence. It's a, um, you know, a mindset. And uh, so I, I believe that, you know, we, we as women get to get to live that every once in a while. Otherwise, we're always longing for something. Life isn't about just bringing babies into the world mm-hmm. and, and dusting and vacuuming in carpools, you know? Right, right, right. No, that is so inspiring. And I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, I was thinking as you were talking, I was thinking um, I was 40 something. And uh, I was in the grocery store and, and someone walked up to me and asked me, are you a model? Cause I'm super tall, I'm like 5'10 and I, was, <laughs> I used to be super thin. Um, and um, I would get that on occasion. And then I noticed as I got older and my hair started turning gray and things started to drop and you know, I got the, the, the menopause belly thing going on. I felt like I was no longer noticed. Invisible, absolutely. I've, yeah. I've experienced it myself yeah. too. Yeah, so I think women over 50, as we go from this, you know, I looked fantastic in my 30s, you know, 
uh, my 40s was great. And then as we start shifting and getting older and our bodies doing these things that they naturally do, well, no matter how hard we try, unless we get plastic surgery, things are going to drop and things are going to turn gray and, and all that. So I, I think, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about how I've just slowly crept into my own um, this little hole because while I don't see myself as an unattractive person at all, I've got great hair, I've got a lot of great things about me, mm-hmm. but I don't feel as good as I did when I was 40 and I was getting that attention, you know, and not, I don't want creepy men, you know, it's not about the creepy men. It's no. not, the, it's not mm-hmm. the creepy men. It's about the feminine yeah. wants to be seen. Yeah. This is not a conceited thing. It's just yeah. part of what, you know, there's masculine energy traits and there's feminine uh, uh, feminine uh, energy traits. And part of being a woman is we long to be seen. We long to be, yes, we want to be respected. Yes, we want to be um, uh, respected and acknowledged for our brains too. It's more than the outer shell. We want to be noticed. We want to be seen. The, the female brings the beauty to this world, not just with our nurturing and our heart, but our, yes, our outer shell. We're the ones that pretty ourselves up and go out into the world. And we do that because we want to be seen. We need to be seen. That's part of part of our makeup. It's not a conceited thing. It's not like, look at me, I'm so wonderful. It's just, you know, I'm here. You know, I, I'm here. See me. The men doesn't need that 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 much. And um, oh, there was something I was going to say, and I completely it just popped out of my head. <laughs> oh, see, sixty-three year old. Brain luck of that, yes, what I say. Mid middle-aged brain. Oh, so yeah, I was going to say that I started noticing that too when I I I feel. And I feel, I felt it for myself and I feel for many women. I see, I'll look at them at their 20s and 30s and I see them in their 40s. As long as they're taking care of themselves and they're not walking around, you know, um, in sweatpants or whatever, I actually think the best time for women are in their 40s and 50s if they take care of themselves. Because like you said, and it's happened to me in my 50s, once you start feeling, you notice, I'm not getting the attention anymore. I'm not, you know, and I was a woman that in my younger years, you know, I had the Farrah Fawcett thing. I had, I had a full lion's mane of hair. You know, I had my mother's, my mother had Middle Eastern hair. She was Armenian. I have thick, coarse hair. And so I had, you know, yeah. a lion's mane of hair. Yeah. And I used that. That was my like, you know, Samson and Delilah. You know, the story said he cut his hair off and he lost his power. That was my power. I knew when I walked into rooms, men were, you know, they loved my hair. And now at 57, I was wearing it back in a ponytail, all gray, showing through with the dark light, you know, and the glasses. And it was not very attractive. And so I said, I have to do something. I don't want to be a slave to my hair anymore, but I have to do something. Mm -hmm. So I went and cut it off. All I like cut it off. I cut it all off, and I went gray at the same time. Yeah. And I went, oh my god, what did I do? Like I'm like I look like a boy now. It was just like I I didn't feel flirty. I didn't feel feel sexy. I didn't feel feminine. I didn't want people to go, oh yeah, see that woman over there with the gray hair. 
I wanted them to at least say, see that woman over there with the blue hair. So I started putting those fun yeah. blue or purple, yeah. you know, yeah. in my hair. And I started liking the, the short hair. I yeah. realized, you know what, it's freeing. I should have mm -hmm. done this sooner. And that was sort of the start of the transformation. And then in COVID, when I couldn't grow, when I couldn't get my hair cut, I said, you know what, forget the blues and the purples and I'm gonna let it grow because I want my last hurrah of bombshell hair. Like yeah. I'm, I'm coming out with this new persona of um, I'm leashing my inner bombshell oh, and I'm it. gonna change my clothes <laughs> and I'm gonna change my attitude. And so, you know, like uh, it's back now, but I need a haircut, but it's like, I'm gonna have the bombshell hair again, you know? So again, it's just attitude. It's attitude. We can either give into it and complain every single day or we can say, you know what? I don't fit into my size four jeans anymore. I am, you know, my hair is gray and I can't wear that smoky eye makeup and the red lips like I, but this is what I have to work with. What can't I change? Let me accept it. Let me accept it and just, you know, and what can I change? What can I improve on? I can improve on my, my clothes. I can lose some weight. I can change my attitude. I can put more color in my face. Uh, you know, uh, we can all improve. We can all do something to to not go into the corner and die, you know, mm. because that's what society says we're supposed to do. Right, right. But it's changing. It's changing for women. The feminine is coming back. We realize we've been in 24-7 masculine energy to fight for our independence and, and our voices and our freedoms and all that. That's good. We needed to do that. And so when I say the bombshell, I'm not trying to send us back to the 50s, but I'm trying to take some of the good things that were in the 50s and the 60s, where women took time to be more feminine and dressed up and, and cared about themselves more and, and, and try to get back to the ways where men were respectful with opening doors for us and giving, you know, pulling chairs out for us and opening the car door and all that stuff. That's all gone. Why is that all gone? It's because women don't require it anymore. And I believe that we should, because that's not a, a form of weakness. It's not saying, oh, I'm so weak, I can't open the door myself. It's a sign of respect. That was all a sign of respect when a man stood, when a woman entered the room. These are not bad things, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, no, I agree, I agree. Oh my gosh, what a what a fun conversation. And I was just sitting here thinking all the things I need to change in my life. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I love your hair. I love that thick um, uh, kind of hair. I used to wear mine super short. Before COVID hit, it was, I've grown this much in a year. So um, yeah. this is the longest yeah. it's been in a long Well, the thing time, is, I'm thinking of cutting it again now. Yeah. Now I live with this for about a year and a half. And yeah, it's like, you know right. what? Yeah. I think I want to put the blue and the purples back yeah. in again. But I, I may cut it a little bit shorter. Not go so short like I, I did when I was like 58. But um i yeah even this is starting to get a little bit too much hair yeah. <laughs> and then and then it's falling out more so it's like yeah. there's like yeah. gray hairs everywhere. um i always say if it takes me longer than five minutes to blow dry my hair i'm done so hey uh Dee, before we go this has been a really super fun and enlightening conversation i've enjoyed it so much uh but i'm gonna and i'll drop all this down in the show notes but where can people find you and i know you've written a book as well so tell us a little bit about uh, that. yeah actually actually i have the book 
I just happen to have, no, actually, the book is always here in this drawer. This is the book, Glamorous. Yeah. So the first half of the book, um, the first half of the book is the journey. So it speaks about my childhood and chapters on my mother, my father, my connection with them, and my Michael and doing the drugs. And then the second half of the book is the glamour and why I love glamour so much and why I've always been attracted to the old Hollywood uh, starlets. And there's a, a skincare a chapter on skincare, a chapter on makeup, a chapter on lifestyle. Because it's not just, you know, ourselves, it's our surroundings. Yeah. It's getting rid of toxic people and yeah. and toxic surroundings and energy and uncluttering and, and being surrounded by beauty. Whatever that is, again, you know, what it is for you. Um, and then at the very end of the book, there's a chapter on my favorite movies and the actresses that are, you know, or I should say my favorite actresses and the movies, my favorite movies of these actresses that, that are in there. So, um, so uh, the book is on Amazon, Glamorous. If you go to my website, you can uh, get it directly from there, clicks over. I have a podcast called High Vibe Bombshell, and that is on uh, um, Anchor, Spotify, and iTunes. And then Instagram is Diva Glam Lifestyle. And Diva is spelled D-E-E-V-A, D-E-E-V-A, Diva Glam Lifestyle. The website is divaglam.com, again, D-E-E-V-A. And I think that's it. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Yeah, I, I, I've, uh, I followed you on Instagram, and I've been looking at your stuff all morning. and going to get the, going to get your book and read it. I find, I find what you have to say super fascinating and actually thought-provoking. Well, Dee, I appreciate you. you spending uh, your time with us this morning or this afternoon, this evening, whenever people are listening to this podcast. And um, so um, we're going to say goodbye to Dee. And until next time, stay Thank awesome. you, Shelly. I appreciate the opportunity. It was fun. Anytime yeah, was. talking about makeup it's or glamour is fun. It was, it, was, it was a good time. We're jumping out of airplanes. <laughs> All right. See you guys next week. Well, I am super. So, I hope you enjoyed that. Again, she was uh, interviewing me for her Woman Over 50, A Life Redesigned podcast. Her name is Shelly Drymon. And you should go over and listen to some of her episodes because she has uh, some very interesting guests on and very uh, interesting conversations. And... Uh, I will see you again, darling. Until next time, remember, have fun, flirt, flaunt, be fabulous. Take care.